Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Father's Day service, continuing our series, I Am Feeling. The message is called, I Am Feeling Fatherless. All right, good to see everyone this morning. I said it's good to see everyone this morning. Glad you're here. We welcome everyone online this morning, and we're just glad you came to the house of God. And I want you to turn to someone and say, you're in the right place. At the right time, right now. All right. Now you can take your mask off. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we appreciate the extra effort everyone uh, is, is doing to get here and be a part. And uh, again, uh, I know it's a, it's a bit of a challenge to be able to come with a mask on and all that. But of course, we don't make all those guidelines, but at least we can come together, right? And so uh, we just appreciate everyone for going through that effort to be here together. And it's good to see everyone. It's good to uh, just see all your faces today. Uh, it, it hurts to not be able to shake hands and hug everybody, but uh, uh, there's a spiritual hug, okay? A big spiritual hug that I'm giving, giving everybody here this morning. And uh, I know it's a bit of a challenge, but we'll, we'll believe God. Despite all the controversy, I know there's a lot of different sides to it. Uh, but I'm not going to argue any of those things. We're just going to move with what God's doing, right? God's moving in the midst of everything. And so I believe at some point we'll get through all of this and uh, we'll believe God. Until that time, we'll just keep worshiping God with a mask, without a mask, no matter. Hallelujah. We're going to give God praise. Hallelujah. And so uh, we just appreciate, again, we appreciate all the dads that are here. And uh, uh, come on, let's give a big hand to your father. In fact, if I can, let me have all, all the dads to stand up real, real quick. If you're a dad, come on, give them a big hand today. We appreciate all you guys. Again, thank you guys. Thank you guys. And uh, we, it, it is a big day today, and so we want you to just uh, enjoy it and uh, uh, just let the Lord bless you today. I'm going to minister a message I believe will help and give us a bit of a challenge, but uh, today, I, I believe the Lord will speak to us. Uh, I've been talking about this whole series. We've been talking about I am feeling, and we've been talking about the different emotions that we all deal with, different ways that we deal with it. With it. And today, I'm going to talk about I am feeling fatherless. I am feeling fatherless. And I'm going to get into the, the heart of this message, but I believe it'll bless you. It'll minister to you today. It'll challenge you. I, I'm interested this morning, before I move on to the message. How many here are, are expecting a child? Anybody here pregnant at all? Anyone know someone that's pregnant? Okay. All right. So if you know someone or if you've ever been pregnant, I know you men haven't, but if y'all, you, you ladies that have, uh, one, of the, one of the challenges that they don't teach you in premarital class is naming your children. And I've had to do it three different times. And uh, you have to name your children. And it really becomes the challenge is, what do you name your child? And, and I'll give you a few rules if you, if you haven't had a baby yet and you just recently got married. And, you know, at some point you're, you're going to have children. Uh, I'll give you a few rules that nobody tells you. Number one, never name your child after a girl that you dated. You don't want that to happen. <laughs> or you don't name a child that your wife didn't like in high school or your husband didn't like in high school. Uh, we, you don't want to name your child anything. You don't even name your dog that. You don't name any, anybody <laughs> by those names, okay? And so you want to make sure when it comes to names that, that those names don't relate to something in your past, something that's connected, because I'll tell you, you're going to get it, all right? So you don't, want, you don't want any of those names. 
But I, I was interested in finding different names that people had, and I don't think they really thought it through. Because how many know your, your first name and your last name, there has to be, it has to go together. And sometimes they sound different than what you thought they were. So there was this, this one family, the name of the family, the last name was Mann, M-A-N-N, Mann. And they named their daughter Anita. And so if you can hear it, I need a man. See, you can see that? Uh, there's another, another family. Uh, they were the, the Wright family, the W-R-I-G-H-T. And they named their daughter, I don't think they, they thought it through, they named their daughter Eileen. So Eileen Wright, a little awkward, right? It's a, uh, you know, Eileen Wright. And then this other one, I, I think this was a God one, though. I like this one. Uh, the, the last name was Price, and they named her Lois. So Lois Price, man. You, you love the married girl like that, right? Lois Price. Anyway, so this, this last one is, well, I should say the second to the last one. This one is Helen. And uh, she married a guy with the name Back. So Helen Back, right? And he said, he said it's been about 10 years. It's been like that. And then there's the, la- the, na- the next one. The next one. This is the worst one. This is the worst one. And Keisha May is, is, was her name. And her last name is Ash. So Keisha May, and you know what it means. So, so all of those things. I won't even go through it, okay? Yeah, I know that's bad. So, again, you have to think through the names. Names make a big difference. I mean, names are, are a big deal, man. And uh, uh, you've got, you got to be careful with the name. But here's what I want to get to this morning. And uh, I hope you guys, uh, it's, okay, it's okay to laugh in church, okay? Everybody's thinking about that last one. <laughs> but here's when it comes to name is how we address God. And basically, one of the names that is very unique to God that it, it, Jesus introduced us to was the fact that he called him Father. Say Father. Father. And even when I say that word, I know there's a lot of emotions and feelings that can go with Father. It can either be good. It can either be negative. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But here's a, in Scripture, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, uh, Yet, Lord, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, you are, you are the potter, and we are the work of your hand, you are our father. And then Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus said this, uh, this is how you should pray, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus teaches us how to call God our father. So I want to pray this morning. And pray that the Lord will minister to us and challenge us and uh, speak to all of us, even if you're not a father. All of us have a father in our life, whether he was present, whether he was with you the rest of uh, your, your whole life, or maybe you never even met him. But all of us have a father. And the great thing about this is we have a heavenly father. So I want to pray today. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you are our father today. And God, we pray today, God, that you would open our soul and open our hearts to who you are and help us, God, to know you as our Father, that God, you are the perfect Father and you are the flawless Father. And so, Father, I pray today you'll minister to every person in this place. Let the love of God go forth today. And I pray for your anointing that I speak your word, that your people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, 
So the Bible says that God is a father. In fact, when Jesus talked to God over 150 times, he called them father. This is very rare during, uh, uh, during the time that Jesus came. And if you go throughout the whole Old Testament, very rarely is God called a father. I believe it's a total of seven times that God is referred to as a father. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, he breaks the paradigm or he breaks the mindset and he begins to teach us uh, that we're to call God our father. In fact, he uses one of the most unique, intimate terms in the New Testament, and he uses the word Abba. And the word Abba is so intimate, it means Papa. I remember calling your dad Papa, like Papa or Daddy. And so Jesus says, Abba, Father. Now, of course, we know, how many of you have heard of the band Abba? Okay, it's not the same, all right? Abba, Waterloo, and, you know, Dancing Queen, all that. No, it's not the same thing. In fact, I was talking to my son yesterday. We were, in the, we were at the supermarket yesterday, and Dancing Queen came on, and I go, you know, that's that group, Abba. And he goes, yeah, Dad, I, yeah, okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> Not really interested in Dancing Queen. She's only 17. Dan well, anyway, so uh, I, I go, man, they were a big hit at one time, believe it or not. They were supposed to have a reunion in 2020. Of course, you know what happened. So anyway, let's move on. How did I get into Abba? So it's Abba Father, meaning Daddy. It's an intimate term that Jesus is teaching us to address God and to call him your father. In fact, Paul the Apostle adds to this, and in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. In other words, we're not a slave. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him what? Abba, Father. And so we call him Daddy. We call him Papa. And really, no one really thought that uh, talk to God in that way, especially in the Old Testament. They, they called him Al Almighty Creator, Alpha and Omega. And then Jesus comes, uh, and 150 times, he breaks the stereotype understanding of who God is. Uh, he's saying God is not some God in heaven you can't connect with. God is not some God in heaven that you can't touch or you can't relate to. In fact, God is so intimate that you can call him your father. And so Jesus established the fact that we can call God our Father. Now, let me just say this. I want to make sure I, I'm clear with everyone in this room. When it comes to a father, especially an earthly father, like I said earlier, some of us have a good experience and some of us have a bad experience. In fact, when I mention the word father, there could be some of you that kind of get apprehensive and say, man, if God is anything like my father was, I don't want him. And there's a lots of people with this kind of mindset because the human father uh, has flaws. The human father has failures. Uh, and in fact, we live in a society, in a nation uh, that many are fatherless. Many grow up without a father. And so therefore, when it comes to God and when it comes to who God is, they think many times that God, the father in heaven, is like the earthly father. We know that there have been fathers that have been unreliable. There have been fathers that have been unreasonable. And I also know that there's been some fathers that have been great dads. And some of you may maybe grew up with a great father and a wonderful father. And you have fond memories of your father. But there's others that have had a father that abandoned them. They had a father that wasn't around. 
maybe a father that was very harsh with them. At pivotal moments in your life, he wasn't there for you. Maybe you had a father that was physically present, but his mind and his heart wasn't there. It could be that you never had a connecting relationship with that father. If you, if you've, I've talked to many people where they would call their home after they'd grown up, and when the father would answer, uh, immediately the father said, let me call your mother, because they didn't have that intimate relationship with that father. And unfortunately, too, there have been some that have had a bad experience where your father was abusive. Maybe he was physically abusive, uh, sexually abusive, uh, all of those things. So I understand that when we talk about father, there's all kinds of mindsets uh, that can come into our heart uh, and that we already have. And I wanted today to just show you that our heavenly father is nothing like the earthly father. Can you say amen? In fact, I was reading an article about a pastor. Uh, he said that he had a difficult time in his relationship with God in calling him father. In fact, he said, I, I was 25 years old, he said, before I could even say the word father because of my lack of relationship with my dad. He said, it took me a long time to uh, realize that God in heaven was my father because of the father that I had and the father and the experience that I grew up with. So it's amazing this morning when we talk about father, and especially in our nation today, that all kinds of different uh, things stir up when we talk about a father. Uh, there's a sociologist who uh, wrote a book on families and faith, and he concluded this, he said that the quality of a child's relationship to his father, listen to this, is the single most important factor on whether that child adopts the faith of his parents. So in other words, a father has great influence when it comes to spirituality and when it comes to the things of God. Did you know, I didn't realize this, but they said that most of our famous atheists in the world Sigmund Freud, um, uh, Sartre, uh, Hummy, uh, Madeleine Moray O'Hare, all of these, if you go back to their biography, many of them had an absent father, many of them had a traumatic relationship with their father, and as you know, many of them became atheists. They say this, and these are the statistics that I want to share with you, 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. They said 75% of teenagers that are in substance abuse are usually from fatherless homes. And one of them even claimed almost every social illness that America faces is related to fatherless homes. One California study said 98% of its discipline issues were caused by emotional damage from young boys who were fatherless. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about four wounds of, of a father, but I want to talk about how God is here to heal those wounds and how God is the opposite of those wounds. Now, listen to me this morning. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not here to beat up dads today, okay? I'm a dad too. I'm not here to dredge up bad memories. But I want us this morning, I'm going to use these points or these anchor points 
of dysfunctional fa uh, fathers uh, as a key to who God is not. Can you say amen? God is not dysfunctional. God is not like many fathers. Uh, there's a book, in fact, if you, again, it's not even a, a Christian book. It's written by a psychologist, and he wrote a book called How Your Father's Legacy Impacts Your Career. How Your Father's Legacy Impacts Your Career. And it's a secular book. It was written by this psychologist. In fact, he has several books out uh, on different issues in life. He, he has one book on shame, and he just talks about all the different issues that our society deals with, uh, famous psychologist, and uh, he wrote these different things about a dad that I'm going to bring out and use them as an anchor point this morning, not to beat up you dads, but to show you that our dads or our father is nothing like our earthly father. And even if you're a dad here today, you're not perfect. We've all failed. We've all had flaws. We've all had things that we did that we regret. And one of them this morning, if you're taking note, is the never satisfied dad. Now, if you've ever met a dad like this, this is the type of dad that no matter what you do, he's never proud of you. No matter what you do, he's never uh, telling you, I'm so proud of you, I, I, I love you. And one of the key things that everyone wants to hear, especially from the father, is I'm proud of you and I love you. I was reading a story about a young lady who said that she... Uh, she, she made all of these, um, she graduated with great achievements, and she had a 4.0 uh, grade point average, and she graduated with all these academic honors, and, and uh, she was the only one to ever go to college, and she was happy about her graduation day because, uh, you know, obviously she was going to be honored and they were going to you know, acknowledge her with all these awards. But she wasn't worried about all that. She was excited. And, and she had pictured in her mind that after she, she wasn't even excited about walking on the platform. She was more excited about walking off the platform. And she said she was pictured in her mind that when she walked off the platform, that she would see her dad pressing through the crowd and, telling, and coming up to her and said, I'm so proud of you, honey. I love you. And she said that when that day happened, she came down the platform, and sure enough, her dad came pressing through. So she said, man, it's like my dream was going to happen. My dad comes pressing through, and she's thinking, this is the moment. And as he gets to her, he pushes through, and he says, honey, it's getting late. It's a long drive home. We better get going. She was so crushed that he never said to her, I love you, I'm proud of you. And it affected the rest of her life, she said. It affected how I look at men. It affected how I deal with my husband uh, because of that particular moment of it felt like I could never satisfy my dad. And sometimes if we're not careful this morning, we feel like God is the same way that we feel like, man, if I was a better Christian, if I was a better mom, if I was a better dad, God would be proud of me. God wouldn't be disappointed with me. But I want to say to you that God could not be more different. I said God could not be more different. In fact, the Bible says that you are precious to God. 
The Bible says that you're precious, that, man, you are so important to him. In fact, the Bible says that, uh, that it begins to use an analogy even of a mother, because how many know that no one is more nourishing, more loving than a mom? And even God says this, it says this about God in Isaiah 49, verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion or the son of her womb, it says, even these may forget, yet I will never forget you. Hallelujah. It said that God, like a nursing mom, will never forget you. Now, have you ever been a, around a mom that had a baby and all of a sudden, you know, that someone says, hey, take a break and, and, you know, go out. I'll take care of your baby. Maybe the, it's a newborn baby a few months old and, and uh, you know, the husband's finally going to catch a break. They're going to go out to eat. And if, you ever, if you've ever talked to that new mom, they can't go four hours without talking that, without, about that baby. They can't even go an hour. They can't even go 15 minutes. They can't even go a minute without talking about that baby. I mean, that's all they do. And they're mine. Yeah, you took, him out to, you took her out to dinner, and you finally got away from the baby, and all the mom talks about is that baby. She's calling and checking on the baby. Am I right? How's the baby doing? Texting, you know, you're going, what's happening? That we're out to eat. No, no, I need, I need to check on the baby. I need to see how the baby, and, and, and think about moms. The moms are so detailed about uh, the baby. I mean, they, they, they just know everything about that baby. They know when the teeth are coming out. When they want, they got a new freckle behind the neck somewhere. And said, honey, did you see the new freckle? What? No, I didn't even know the baby had freckles. Yeah, they had the freckle here. Did you see the teeth coming out? No. Did, did you know that the baby did this? And it's like this love-stricken mom. They just love those babies. In fact, the Bible tells us that God loves us even more than a mom loves her baby. The Bible said that he knows the very hairs on your head. He knows by the end of the day how many hairs you lost and how many hairs you gained. Now, I know a lot of moms that love their babies, but I don't know any mom that knows the number of hairs on her baby's head. Hallelujah. I don't know any mom that knows their baby that well, and yet the Bible says he knows the very hairs on our head, that God is more descriptive, that God is more caring, that God is very careful about who you are, and he looks to you, and he loves you, and he thinks about you because we have a loving Heavenly Father. I said we have a loving Heavenly Father. In fact, the book of Psalm chapter 139 says, uh, he said, search me, O God, you've known me, you've formed me in my inward part. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, wonderful are your works. Uh, my soul knows it very well. It says, your eyes saw me unformed. You saw my unformed body before it even came together. In your book were written all the days of my life, even before it became. So in other words, God formed you. He saw you in your mother's womb. God, before you were even a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God already saw you this morning. He loves you. And I want you to know today, he loves you today. You're special to God. You're special to our Heavenly Father this morning. So I, I want you to just think about how much God loves you because so many times when we compare them to this never satisfied dad, we think God is like that, and yet the Bible says you're precious to him. The Bible says he's constantly 
thinking about you. In fact, David said in Psalm 139, he said, where should I go to escape from your spirit? He said, man, even if I go down to hell, you're there. And how many know God reached down to our hell where we were at and saved us? Can you say amen? That wherever you were at, somehow God came to you and he reached you and he took the pain of sin, of affliction, and out of his love and out of his grace because you have a heavenly father that loves you so much, he took the pain of hell for you. Can you say amen? So you don't have to go there. And look at what the Bible says. I love what it says. This is a, a love-stricken father. Look at what it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. You ever seen a mom just quiet her baby? He will exult over you with loud singing. In other words, God loves you so much that he thinks about you. Now, I know there's a lot of moms, a lot of dads, and you're really good, but I don't really see you singing about your son. Oh, little Jenny, Jenny, I love you, love you. You don't do all that. But the Bible is saying that God, I mean, it's kind of a little hokey a little bit, right? God is singing about you. He's mentioning you in his song. He's thinking about you, how wonderful you are. Whatever your name is, God is singing your name and thanking and really just really rejoicing in who you are. That's the God that loves you. I said, that's the God that loves you today. He's crazy. Can I just say this? God's crazy about you. He's more crazy about you than you understand. And I want to say this to all you dads here today. And, and, and I, wanna, I just want to just confess this, that a, a pastor told me a long time ago, he said, you need to be, one of the best advice that I, uh, that, that I man, that I received, he said, you need, you need to be your, your kid's dad, not so much their pastor. He said, you know, a pastor brings instruction. A pastor is looking at people's spiritual progress. A pastor, when he's working with people and discipling people, he's pointing out some things in that person's life and making sure that they get things in order. He goes, they don't need that. They need a dad who will spend time with them. They need a dad that will be proud of them. You need to be their dad first before you're their pastor. And I can tell you that was the best advice I've ever heard. Because so many times we're, we're, you know, we're, we're so caught up in the instruction that we don't realize that we need a relationship. And, and I, you know, I, I thank God for spiritual devotion. I thank God for, you know, reading the word of God and all those things. But I'll tell you what, sometimes the most effective thing that you can be is just have a close relationship with your kids. Man, your relationship with your kids, your conversation with your kids will do a lot more in impact and being an example than anything else that you can do. And so if you're a dad out there, I want to recommend this to you, is have a relationship. Be crazy about your kids. Be excited about what they do. I said be excited about what they do. Be proud of them. I mean, there's nothing greater than, than being able to do that. The second thing I want to talk about, the dysfunctional dad and how God is not, is the time bomb dad. Again, this is the kind of dad that you don't know what kind of day he's going to have whether he's going to have a good day or a bad day. This is the kind of dad that you don't know what to expect. Man, and, and really, if you've ever been around a dad like this, what magnifies it worse is when they're on alcohol or they're drug addicts and they become verbally and emotionally abusive. 
And in fact, in the book that I was reading, it was talking about the anxiety and the disorder that it causes in children because when you grow up around a dad like this, a dad is like a time bomb. You don't know whether he's coming or going. You don't know whether he's going on a good day or a bad day. Uh, you, what happens, the anxiety that causes on children as they grow up, they, they want to make sure that they become so freaked out about control because they, they, don't, they don't want things to go wrong. They don't, man, I, I want to make sure everything is good. That way my dad doesn't get set off. That way I don't get him angry. That way, and it's almost like a, what they call a PTSD, like post-traumatic syndrome. They become so controlling and so wanting to control all the atmosphere and everything because they don't want something to explode. They don't want their dad to uh, freak out. And so they become so like controlling freaks and, and want to make sure everything is in order because they don't want something to blow up. Can I tell you something? Your heavenly father is not like that. Your heavenly father doesn't blow up. Your heavenly father doesn't get in a bad mood. Doesn't say, man, you're not pleasing me today. I'm going to zap you. He doesn't do that. God's the loving father. I said, God is the loving father this morning. And you can trust him that anytime you come to him, he's not going to be in a bad mood. In fact, look at what the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger and what? Abounding in steadfast love. The Bible says he is slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love. And a lot, a lot of people, man, that when they think about their earthly dad, man, he's abounding in anger and he's slow in affection. But I want to say to you today that God today is slow to anger and abounding in love. I said abounding in love today. And when it talks about this verse of scripture that he's slow to anger, it basically it says, uh, he, it literally says that uh, he doesn't have long nostrils. How many know when somebody gets mad, they start breathing and their nostrils get big. You know what I'm talking about? It basically says that God doesn't have these long nostrils and he can't wait and he's angry and you've got him in a bad mood. In fact, the greatest example of a loving, compassionate, and patient father is the father of the prodigal son. Most of us remember that story where that prodigal son gets his inheritance and he leaves this young man and he takes off and he wastes all the inheritance in Luke chapter 15. All of us know that story. If you don't know it, just go home and read it. But it talks about this son that just takes the wealth of his dad, his inheritance, and he wastes it. But the father, the Bible says the father is waiting for him. In fact, when he sees his son coming, he runs to him. And if you know anything about Jewish culture, when they wore robes, it was a shame when a man would expose his legs. But I obviously, in order to run in a robe, you have to pick up your robe. Am I right? That means he would have had to expose his legs and run toward his dad. In fact, even running in public was not something that a dad did. And yet the Bible says that's exactly what this father did. And it's given us an example of God the Father running to you when God runs toward you. And the Bible gives us this example of a father that saw his son coming home. What does that mean? That means his dad was looking out for him every day. 
You have a father that's looking out for you every day. He's looking for you to come home. Can you say amen? And you notice that he hugs him. And the Bible says, put a robe on him and, and put a ring on his finger. He didn't say, no, what are you doing here? Go back. He didn't say, you know what? I, I, I don't even want you here. He doesn't hate him. He loves him. He, he, he embraces him. Are you listening to me? And he gives him. He said, you know what? Let's cut the fattest, ran, uh, fattest uh, 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 you know, the fattest cow and we're going to have gotten asada. You know what I'm saying? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna eat well. This is going to be a great time. Why? Because we have a dad today that loves us. And can I just tell you, sometimes, here's what I want to say. Sometimes what we do is we model our heavenly father after our earthly father. And we need to reverse it. You need to, you need to look at God the father as being the model as being the true father and your earthly dad as the replica. Are you hearing me? Because when you start making God the replica of your earthly father, there's going to be all kinds of flaws. But when you start looking at God as the model and your, and your earthly father as the replica, then you realize that your, your earthly father is just the training wheels. Can you say amen? And training wheels are going to fail you, but God is the one that's going to get you riding all the way through. Somebody say amen. amen. And the third one this morning is the emotionally distant dad. And sometimes we think God the Father is this way. We think that he's emotionally distant, that somehow uh, we, we have a dad that doesn't express any emotion. They said that uh, they call them the nuclear dads. They said the people that were uh, born between 1945 and 1980 uh, have experienced a style, a father style, and, and this fa father style is the style where the dad doesn't show any emotion. He's not emotional. It's like the, they, they call it the, the, like the leave it to beaver dad. Uh, uh, he, he's a good dad. He's responsible. He provides. He do all, does all these things, but he doesn't show any emotion. And perhaps you grew up with a dad like this. He, he provided for his home. He did all these things. He was reliable, all of those things. But when it came to emotion, he didn't give you the emotional attachment that you needed. And again, three things that uh, a child is looking for in his dad. I love you. I'm proud of you. And you're really good at whatever you are. There's a, a famous athlete. I don't know if you guys remember him. He played for the Raiders, unfortunately. His name was Bo Jackson. Yeah, it's all, everything was good about him, but then he started playing for the Raiders. But anyway, he was uh, uh, Bo Jackson. The, the unique thing, they say he's probably one of, the, one of the best athletes ever because he played two sports. He played baseball and he played football. And when, when the baseball season was over, he became a football uh, he became a running back, and he was good at both. It was amazing. Uh, Bo Jackson. I, there used to be a commercial. Bo will do it. I forget what it was, but but uh, what was it? Bo knows. Bo knows. Yeah. Are you a Raider fan? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. You got a Dallas thing. Oh, that's even worse. But anyway, uh, Bo Jackson, the Raiders. See, I get to say what I want. I'm, I'm up here. Anyway, I'm just teasing, guys. All right? We love each other. We. We may not like each other's team, but we love somebody together. His name is Jesus. We are united in that. 
So what was I talking about? Bo Jackson. And uh, again, probably one of the best athletes ever. But he said this. He said, my father had never seen me play football or baseball. He said, can you imagine? He said, here I am, Bo Jackson, one of the so-called premier athletes in the country, and I'm sitting in a locker room, and I'm envying every one of my teammates. Some of them even hardly played the game, but their dads come in the locker room to talk to them and so proud of them and taking them out to dinner. He goes, that's all I ever wanted. It's all he ever wanted. All this money, being this whole star, everything else. But he said, man, he didn't have a dad. He could tell him, I love you. Didn't have a dad. He said, I'm proud of you. You're good at this. And he goes, that's all I ever wanted. Can I tell you something? Your heavenly father is proud of you. I said, your heavenly father is proud of you. Your heavenly father loves you. And I'm telling you, he can't wait to get his arms around you. The Bible says this in 1 John 3, 1. It says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us. What manner of love. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God wants to embrace us this morning. And I just want to say to you that you have a heavenly father that you could be emotionally connected to. See, so many times when we look at our earthly father and they fall short in so many ways, we don't realize that God the Father wants to be emotionally connected to you. And believe it or not, he cares about what's on your mind and he cares about what you're going through. And I'm going to do this last one. It's called the absent father. And this is the father. They say 40% of children in America live in a fatherless home. And again, this book is older. This, I believe, is 2007. So that was back, uh, you know, what is that, uh, 13 years ago. I don't know what the percentage is today. But they, they again, in reading this book, they said that 40% of children live in America, live in fatherless homes. And in some places in America, the percentage is actually higher. And they say that when so many of the People that live in these fatherless homes, because it's, they grew up without a father, they, they have this emptiness in their mind. They don't even know some things uh, about themselves that they want to know because uh, they're missing this father example in their life. And because they're longing for that affection, they're longing for that emotion that many of them uh, begin to express, especially boys begin to express anger and they begin to express uh, themselves in the wrong way and they get together with the wrong people because that's the only place they feel love and that's the only place they feel concern. They also said that 90%, listen to this, this is heartbreaking, that 90% of female porn models were sexually abused by a father. That has to break your heart. So the next time any of you men are tempted to look at porn, I want you to think about this. Chances are that, that girl was probably sexually abused at some point in her life, sexually exploited at some point in her life. And so I want to say to all of us today that our God in heaven doesn't abandon us, that he doesn't forsake us. Can you say amen? That the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. 
that we have a heavenly father today that basically the word says, you know what that word in Greek means never? You know what, what it means? What, what, it means never. It means never, never. It means never, ever, ever, never, okay? The best I could describe it, translated never means never. It just never. He, 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 he'll never forsake you. I said he'll never forsake you today. He'll always be there. If someone's ever abandoned you, if someone's ever let you down, if somebody didn't show up, I want you to know God isn't that way. God the Father never abandons us. And I just want to say to you today, and again, I want to just qualify this for everyone this morning. If you had a good dad, if you have a good dad, that's awesome. But even good, even good dads are going to die one day. That's a fact. So you need to know that your good dad, if you have one right now, that he's not going to be around here forever. But you got to know that God in heaven will always be there. I said he will always be there for you. And so you need to know that, again, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's here to heal. And I just love that scripture in Zephaniah 317. If I can have the worship team come up. It said, the Lord will rejoice over you. He's rejoicing with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. And he will exult over you with loud singing. Hallelujah. God is singing about you today. That's how much God the Father loves you. That's how much we have such a great, loving Father in heaven today. And so whoever you are, whether you grew up with a good dad, whether your dad wasn't there, it doesn't matter. I want you to know there's a God in heaven that will never let you down, that cares about your life, that wants to heal your soul, that loves you, that you can be emotionally attached to today. I believe that this morning. I want us to just bow our heads for just a moment. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.